Well, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. This is uh, the Fandom Correspondence, and we're, we're doing something a little different, and we're doing it a little late at this point. We're doing our 2020 year-end roundup, which is weird to do oh. because... Uh, that's two oh, and a half see? years. So that's two years, two months. Did I say 2022? You said 2020. Oh, God. Okay. All right. Ah! All right. No, let's do it. Let's talk All about right. 2020, guys. All right. 2020. 2022 year-end roundup. 2022 year-end roundup. Do you want to start over? No, heck no. no. I want to start Leave over. this in. Are you kidding? So we're going to talk about everything for the past three years, guys. <laughs> three Buckle years in. Buckle in for this six hour long podcast uh, but no uh yeah obviously long strange trip of a year it's already been a kind of a full year in 2023 uh, uh admin admin raven was bringing that up how uh, it all seems to just like flow together mm-hmm. uh, but we're gonna try and stick to and i'm gonna try and keep saying this 2022 mm-hmm. the year uh, that just ended the year that, that just ended we all experienced that we all experienced <laughs> together mm-hmm. um and since we experienced together we've got the entire grouping of the fandom correspondence what? i am the wise sage josh with me i've got admin raven jenny how you doing jenny hi i'm just happy that we're all here i've missed you guys right we haven't had a full one in a long I time know. actually uh Jake, EIC, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm I'm with Jenny. I'm happy to have all five of us here together on this one. Good. And uh, from uh, uh, from from far away in in distance, but not far away in our hearts, we also have Al and Alyssa. Uh, Al and Alyssa, I'm going to assume that you're going to go against us and be like, I really don't want to do this. It's, it's horrible <laughs> having all all of us together on one podcast. What? <laughs> I mean, it's no. it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, it's all right. It's fine. It'll, it'll be good ones. Yeah, it'll be good. I'm very excited to see how the flow goes because we've been on kind of um, a little bit of a recording hiatus um, for a little bit, so we're a little bit rusty. Um, in 2022, it was just kind of like I'm not sure it even happened. So yeah, so yeah, on this side we'll just kind of see how this goes. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I do want to I do want to point out there were some pretty great 2022 Phantom Correspondence things. We had sure. some some great Star Wars oh, content. Yeah. Yes. yeah. We did yeah. have that. And Christmas Fest. We had a fantastic Christmas Fest. I got to be honest, mm-hmm. Christmas Fest might be some of the funniest things Aww. I've ever we ever, ever listened to. Yeah. They're super um, fun. They were the best. Um, and well, then, yeah, so this was that was the year I think that we launched Fandom Lounge, or was that in 2021? No, that was We launched Fandom Lounge. Uh, of course, Horror Fest was back. Yes, and, uh, Back at it, you know. Uh, so, like, we we've had some we've had some pretty great uh, moments in 2022. But I want to do something different. Al was talking about the flow. Um, by this point, you've if if you're into this kind of thing, you've read at least 20 top 10 lists of everything that you're into at this point. So for 2022, what I wanted to talk about with Fandom Correspondence and something that I feel like is kind of part of the reason that we do this, or at least part of the reason why why I uh, uh, do this, is because I'm a fan of stories. I'm a fan of narrative. I'm a fan of, of, of people's journeys. Um, and I like to enjoy that through different mediums, movies, TV, comic books, uh, music, uh, you know, all types of things. 
And we had a lot of that in 2022. Mm-hmm. I thought we had a lot of that to discuss. So for our for our year end, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be talking about different story moments that really affected us, uh, moments that affected us, uh, characters that affected us, um, and then of course like stories just in general uh, that were out in the in the world that affected us and might have affected the the realm of nerddom that we f- uh, find ourselves under. So the first category I want to do, okay, I want to start off on a happy moment, okay, all right. I want to talk about triumphant moments in the stuff that we watched this year. Okay, moments that made you just like want to get up and take a lap, you know, around your house or your apartment, you know, or your townhouse or your loft, uh, whatever you have at this point. Your hobbit hole. Your hobbit hole. Your mm-hmm. castle. Your, your castle. Yeah. You know, those moments <laughs> that made you just want to get <laughs> Right, exactly. Uh, those moments that made you just want to get up and you got excited about. And so, Jake, I'll, I'll start with you. You know, you experienced you 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 watched and experienced a lot of stuff. I watched quite a few things. Are, are yeah. we doing shows, movies? You can do whatever you want. Whatever. Okay. Yeah. Um, in that case, I'm going to start off with something that I've been wanting to talk about that I just we have not had a podcast or a post where I felt <clears throat> like it was a good time to talk about it. Um, however, this is perfect because you talk about something that is triumphant. Okay. Um, if you missed out on the memes and you missed out on people talking about the show a lot for like three straight weeks and then just not talking about it at all, um, The Bear is one of the best shows of 2022, hands down. Um, you can watch it on Hulu right now. It's 10 episodes. Um, I will give you a heads up. It is not family friendly. A lot of swearing. Very, very brutal um, when it comes to dealing with mental trauma and um, and dealing with grief. However, everything about that show absolutely nails what it is like to work in a kitchen. It nails what, is, what it is like to work with public ser- in the public service of uh, whether it's retail, food industry, whatever. But most importantly, it absolutely nails what it means to really form a family of the people that you are surrounded by. Um, even if you hate them one day, you want to fight them. You little, you want to just never see them ever again, but the next day you come back and you come back stronger. Um, that is what the bear is about. Everything about that show leads to the last two episodes. Um, and, and I, I don't want to spoil everything that happens, but it's just, it's, it's perfect. Um, it's one of those things where it's, if they do a season two, that's great, but the finale works so well as just a, they're going to be okay kind of situation where it's like, if, if we never see those characters again, I know that they are in good hands, that they are okay. And that the story was perfect. Um, so yeah. So for a triumphant and happy moment, uh, the finale to the bear was just pitch perfect. Okay. So, yeah. You're not the only person to tell me I need to watch that. Um, you absolutely need to. People have told me I need to watch it, um, and that's I, I, one that's that's kind of on the fringes of my radar. Uh, you will cry. Just a heads up. Okay, good. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sweet. Yeah, you will. Sweet. You, you will cry. Oh, well, yeah, make me feel something. Yeah, uh, yeah, it, it, yeah. Exactly. You know, it, it is. It is. It is hard to uh, to feel things these days. You mm. know, when mm. there's just people shooting down UFOs in Montana, and you're just like, that's a thing. That's a thing. So you yep. know. Uh, okay, but yeah, so so for something that you want to feel, 
Uh, Al, uh, do you have a triumphant moment from some something you uh, observed this year? Um, I do. So, um, so 2022 was an interesting year as far as um, there were a lot of temps to to kind of like re-spark or reignite or revitalize um, a lot of like horror um, franchises, um, horror adjacent franchises. Um, so like in 2022 alone, I mean, we had like um, the end of the new Halloween arc and stuff. Um, um, in my opinion, it wasn't very good. And a lot of people's opinions, it wasn't very good. I do respect a lot of what it did, but um, as far as quality goes, it wasn't great. We had um, a new Texas Chainsaw entry. Um, that was not very good. Uh, we had um, a new Hellraiser film. Um, it was okay. It just <laughs> didn't really understand what Hellraiser was about. Um, but in the midst of all that, and in the midst of like just kind of a general kind of feeling of kind of disappointment in a lot of these attempts to kind of recapture the magic of a lot of these um, great horror franchises or action horror um, films and series. Um, there was one that stood out amongst the rest. Um, there was a an old film that came out in 2022 um, called Prey, with an E, and all with an A, uh, because it um, kind of served as a new entry, kind of a prequel entry to um, the Predator franchise. Um, and, like, it was probably, it does a lot of really cool things, uh, but just as a film itself, it was probably the best entry in uh, the in the Predator series overall. Um, it was just incredibly well made. Um, it really captured the feeling of, of dread and tension that comes uh, from being hunted by uh, this creature from another world who outpaces you as far as um, technology goes, as far as your biological evolution goes. Um, it, it did a really good job of capturing and revitalizing um, the core concepts of what made the Predator franchise so interesting and so cool in the first place. And then it also did a lot of really cool um, kind of things that um, were milestones um, um, in culture as well. Uh, this was the first film that released with a... Um, Romanche dub um, that like the entire film uh, was translated into the indigenous tongue uh, because it depicts um, on a tribe of indigenous people in America. Um, I mean, that was awesome. Um, and it just does a lot of really cool things um, to get to the heart of the question as far as like one really triumphant, cool moment that happened is there's a part in the film, this isn't a spoiler at all, but there's a part in the movie where the protagonist first really um, comes into contact and confronts um, the predator who is hunting down um, various um, members of her tribe and her family. There's a part where she's hiding from it, and the invis 
and um, the predator has its invisible um, hooking technology up. So it's completely um, invisible or camouflaged. And um, there was this animal that had just been killed. It was um, a bear. And the predator is searching for the protagonist who's taking shelter under like a rock and halfway under just the corpse of this bear that they were hunting. And there's a shot where the predator picks up the corpse of like a grizzly bear and holds it above its head. And the outline of the predator becomes visible from just the outpouring of blood from the corpse of, of this grizzly bear. And it's a perfectly shot scene where um, the outline slowly becomes visible to us in real time as it becomes to uh, the protagonist of the movie. And that was just one of the coolest things I have ever seen. Like I just got so excited and so hype as that scene was unfolding before my eyes. And the rest of the movie is fantastic as well. But on that scene in particular, that was just a a triumph of of how of how new films can still recapture what made the original so great and still use use new innovative ideas to even improve upon it um, even more. Uh, so that was a pick for me this year for sure. Okay, all right. I I uh, I wasn't expecting a grizzly death of grizzly bear to be a triumphant moment, but mm, but yeah. you know, but that, that's <laughs> where we're. I see it though. And I like, see it. As somebody who is adamantly against animal deaths, like I get it. It's predator. It's going to happen. Yeah. 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 I mean, this entire thing's just yeah. hunter. So no, I see it. Yeah. I see it. Yeah. I, I but, feel it. But I, I haven't seen prey, Al. Al, would you say it's a real quick? Would you say it's a, a good like jumping on point for the predator series? Because I love the predator series. I've seen all of them except for that one. Um. I would say so, yeah. Um, I mean, you don't really have to know anything um, about the series going into it. Um, it kind of helps. It was a lot of fun to kind of like see references to the various films that have come out in the past and like uh, with in the world of the movies. Like um, it was able, it's a prequel, so it was kind of able to allude to things that happened in the future. But um, um, I would say that like having not seen any of the Predator films, just like I watched it with a few people, and I think uh, that was their experience with it. Yeah. Um, it was still like really, really good. So um, I think it's very um, accessible as far as having not seen any of the other films. Yeah, I got through it just fine, and I hadn't seen any of those in years and years and years, and only ever saw like the original. So. Same. It just looks really cool. It's, I mean, it just, it's it just really looks oh, cool. Oh, it's so good. I don't know. Uh, yeah, that might be that might be something I do uh, here in the next couple of days or something because I, I really do I really did want to see that movie. All right, uh, Jenny, triumphant moment, twenty twenty two. Um, as far as like watching stuff, right? Anything. Um, uh, I mean, I feel like I'm probably gonna take yours, but I feel like the Batman movie was pretty triumphant as far mm-hmm. I guess for that franchise, like because um. He hasn't been portrayed in the best way in the past. So I just really... What? Liked, <laughs> what? From my perspective. Um, so I don't know. I just really liked that that entire movie. And like I left there like just feeling like, wow, that was like awesome. And like I didn't have like any like complaints. And like there just hasn't been a movie like that in such a long time. You know what I mean? Especially like as far as like uh, comic book movies, I feel like. So... Um, 
Yeah, that's that's me. I feel like the reason I think the bat, the reason I knew the Batman movie was successful was because you liked it. Because we have drug you to so many Batman movies that you have only <laughs> gone to out of love for us. Because yeah. you haven't really seen a Batman movie you yeah. liked until like, that. Like, well, right? my favorite Batman's always been the cartoon, right. uh, Batman Beyond. So, and maybe that's why I like this one so much because I feel like there are a lot of like callbacks to that yeah. one um but uh yeah i just like all the libraries in batman's i just it wasn't my vibe i didn't like it yeah uh, but no this was great i don't disagree. yeah so i feel like that's a triumph yeah so, yeah, yeah I, I remember just like you know i was really happy with the movie and then jenny was like that was really good and then i got really happy about the movie because <laughs> yeah. i was like awesome you know like i don't have to worry about like you know jenny being like is this what all batman's about you know just like how I murdering. still live with Superman. Right, like, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's like murdering random people. Yeah. Um, and then obviously, like, Zoe Kravitz is Catwoman. Like, what? Like, that was... That was pretty fantastic. Uh, it, was, it was so amazing. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, like, I, I don't know. That movie's, like, a 10 out of 10 for me. And, like, I feel like it was... Um, maybe not the best of the year, but definitely like up there. So it was it was pretty fantastic, and we'll uh, I'm pretty sure Batman will will raise his head. Yeah, again for sure. At some point. And I almost I almost said Wakanda Forever, but the only reason I did is because like of how much I cried in that movie. Right. Well, we're, so, we're we, we've <laughs> I'm got, sure we'll talk about that. We've got heart wrenching moments coming yeah, up. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So okay cool. Got gotcha. you know, okay, Good. Good. I'll, I'll slide that back. So in there. so just 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 save that because I I knew that was I knew that was coming. Yeah. Um, Alyssa, triumphant moment, 2022. Um, for me, honestly, it would be that we finally got a Sandman series. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. Oh yeah, right. That did happen in 2020. It did happen in 2020. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah. Yeah. I have been waiting for that one. Uh, and it was so it? good. Not only did we get a Sandman series, but it was so genuinely good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was very, very well cast. Um, yeah. I laughed. I cried. It moved me, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> I've uh, I've heard great things. Sandman isn't really uh, isn't really my vibe, uh, as uh, as Jenny said about Batman. Um, but uh, but I, I do want to uh, want to try it out because I've heard some pretty fantastic things. I'm not totally sure. Has it got renewed yet? Uh, I think so. I think it has. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Because it was up in the air there for a it bit. It was, which Netflix, was weird. Well, Netflix is weird, man. They they really are because everybody was into it. Um, that sounds like we have a special employee who can find the answer to that question. Oh, Dude, oh! We fat haven't talked to Fat Kicking Boy in a while. Fat Kicking Boy. Yes, as of um, late November, um, Sandman season two has been confirmed. Hey, okay, good. See, I thought it was confirmed pretty close to when the show came out. But. Good. There you go. I just remember Gaiman had this tweet because somebody asked, "Well, when's the second series?" He's like, "It's really not up to us, man." You know, and like, yeah, you know, he's just, of course, Gaiman just has this really like low key personality. So you never really, he doesn't seem to get really excited about anything. So, uh, yeah, he's just really kind of chill. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but that, I thought, I was like, oh, it made me wonder, like, oh, geez, is that in trouble? Because even though I'm not a fan, like, I want to see that do well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's one of those comics that, you know, transcends into, you know, art for sure. a lot yeah. of people. Yeah. So, uh, so I do want to see that do well. Um, so yeah, that so that that I think those are all good picks. Um, my picks are gonna be a TV show as well. Um, 
I want to talk about the TV show Players, actually. Um, and if for no other reason than the fact that I have a, I have told every single one of you mm-hmm. that you need to watch this. Yes. And, and so I'm put it, and I'm going to put it on a recording <laughs> that you need to watch this okay. now. Yes. Um, so what's interesting about Players, Players is made by the same people that did American Vandal. And uh, I love bringing up American Vandal because one time I said with complete and utter sincerity uh, while we were playing Overwatch that American Vandal uh, spoke really strongly about what the human condition was like in America and Al laughed for like 10 minutes. You remember that? I do. Yeah. Like he laughed so hard. (laughs) Okay. So when I tell you that players does the exact same thing, only like even deeper, um, you know, take a grain of salt because it might not be your thing. Okay, well, what players is about it's about a bunch of people on an esports team that play League of Legends, and what's brilliant about players is they took if you saw uh, Michael Jordan's Last Dance uh, Netflix series, mm-hmm. if you saw that they take the exact same like um, exact same reference of how they how they program that to where, you know, like they would be in the, they'd be in the present and then they'd be in the past and they'd be in the present, be in the past. And so you learn about the characters uh, a little more as, as, the, as it progresses while things are progressing in real time as well. And it's essentially about a guy named Cream Keys and a guy named Organism. And Cream Keys is this veteran League of Legends player who has never won the League of Legends tournament. And Organism is this up and coming League of Legends player who is the most dominant singles player, and he gets put on Cream Keys' team. And it's about can they work together and figure out how to win together as a team. And there is a moment, the last episode of this, I kid you not, okay, just like I have to tell you with everything about who I am as a person and how I just like absorb things, the last episode of this is one of the best hours of television I've ever watched. And it's called Yumi. And it's about the Yumi the cat in League of Legends. And Yumi the cat in League of Legends is a little cat that can't read. And he's got a little spell book. Aww, no. Okay. And he's got a little spell book. And he's always looking for his master. And they use that to tell the story of Organism and Cream Keys. And it's genius. It, and so this is two years in a row now where I've had something come out of League of Legends where I've wanted to go and buy a gaming computer so I can get into League of Legends mm. and ruin my life. Um, because <laughs> what they are doing with League of Legends right now is really genius if i can get off a little tangent is really genius in that how they are trying to reel in people that want to play a you know a uh a a moba game essentially um they might not play that but they reel them in through fantastic things like uh uh like Arcane. arcane and they reel them in through things like players and so even if you don't want to get involved in this and put 10 hours of your day every day to get good at this game you can still be part of the league of legends crew you can kind of you know enjoy that um i do i I realize as i'm saying this now i know there's like a real big like undercurrent of league of legends it's like really ugly and nasty players toxic but that's with all video games sure um but they but they've done a really good job of this and this show is so good guys of just like hammering home like what it what it has what it's like to try and get disparate personalities to work together as a team. If you've ever been in a situation like that, whether it's working at a fast food restaurant or working in an office situation or working in a church or working in a factory, if you've ever been in a situation like that, you'll find something in this show 
that you will uh, grab onto. And it all culminates in that last episode of Yumi, which has one of the most triumphant moments, one of the biggest hold my breath moments. Um, because apparently there's this thing in League of Legends where if all the other characters but two die and they're going to try and kill each other's base, it's called a runoff. Okay? And they have one of those. Mm. And I was literally standing going, are they going to win? Are they, are they going to, how, how's this going to work out? So I'm just telling you, you know, um, it has my full recommendation and you should watch it if for no other reason than it gets numbers up because at this point it does not ha- it has not been renewed for a season two and I need a season two of this. So yes, that's my, that's my triumphant pick. Everybody go watch that. Everybody. Everybody. Everybody, everybody. go watch it. Everybody in the club gonna watch um, players. players. Everybody go watch players. Yep. Okay. Um, let's um, let's transition. We're gonna start. Yeah. Out, we're gonna start with you. Gonna go to the exact opposite. We've already talked about it. Heart wrenching moments this year. Moments that just made you maybe cry, maybe get real strong emotions. Do you have one of those this year, Al? No, I'm a concrete wall. Um, <laughs> um, yes, I did. Um, I mean, there were, there's a few that come to mind. I think the one I'm going to go with that um, I don't think I'll have a chance to talk about again. Um, and like, I just really want an excuse um, to talk about the show. Is um, there was an anime that came out last year on Netflix? I think I talked about it briefly on one of on the episodes of Phantom Lounge, um, called Cyberpunk Edge Runners. Um, it's one of the spinoff projects from Cyberpunk 2077 that um, the, on that company is trying to do um, to build up the fan base. Um, it's called Cyberpunk Edge Runners, and um, overall, Cyberpunk Edge Runners is just really good. Um, as um, Jacob said about um, the bear, um, this show is not um, a family-friendly show. Just as a heads up, but um, it strikes a really good line and balance between seeing the really cool hype sci-fi stuff you expect to see in cyberpunk things so like you have like cyborgs who are going around with all their um enhancements and implements and like they do a bunch of crazy action hero stuff and then it also strikes the other side of what the cyberpunk genre was originally kind of incepted to be which is um pointing out how um how the future can turn out to be very, very sad and very, very broken and very, very dystopian as um, as stage capitalism just kind of continues to develop and grow and overtake all sense of human decency. Um, and it strikes a good kind of balance between those. And um, I wouldn't say there's really one specific scene that really tips the scales um, quite for this question, because the entire show is kind of rife with like an emotional roller coaster of just like, wow, that action scene was awesome, to, um, oh, wow, this world that they're in is like atrocious and horrific. Um, but um, 
specifically, um, the series does revolve um, around this character um, named David. And the thing with David is that um, he finds his world just kind of ruined and turned upside down. He's really young. And so um, he finds his purpose in something called Edge Runners, which is essentially like a cyber um, heist gang and stuff that he joins. And the entire 10-episode show, um, it's very easy to watch. The entire 10-episode show is essentially about the journey that David has from being like a a broken, really down on his luck kid, um, suddenly finding some semblance of hope for the future in this new gang he joins up with. And the journey from him going from that gradually to finding that um, the parts of him that um, were broken at the beginning still kind of um, continue and persist that way and him finding that like um, the world he finds himself in is just not set up for people like him to win inside of it and it's really just a journey and it's really just a really interesting um, character study of what happens when a very vulnerable individual tries to fix themselves with things that inevitably um, um, just won't help what's truly wrong. And so it's a very heavy show. It's a very um, hit you in the gut show with a lot of the episodes, but um, it's just so well done. And it's so well done in a medium that's so visually striking that um, it was just a great watch. Um, And so as far as that goes, that just whole character study um, of David in that show um, is just really, really interesting and was just had um, a lot of emotional weight uh, behind it. Um, I watched that show in the span of a couple of days um, and I was just like, by the end of it, I was just like exhausted in a way that I hadn't been with um, a show in a really long time. So that's my pick for that one. Yeah, another another show that uh, I've heard a lot about that I've always want that I've been wanting to watch. Um, if for no other reason than you know, if we did a comeback story year, Cyberpunk twenty seven seven would be the comeback. I mean, you know, people started uh, playing that game again uh, once they got all the bugs done, and we're like, oh, this this game's actually pretty decent. And, uh, the writers from Project uh, CD Project Red really know what they're doing, you know, yeah. and. Uh, so yeah, I uh, and I know that that uh, show kind of helped kickstart a lot of that. So I'm uh, yeah, I'm in, I'm very intrigued about that about that show. And I would uh, do do they Al? Did you ever did you play in that game? Um, I haven't yet. No, it's on my list for this year, but um, yeah. I haven't gotten to it yet. I, I'm gonna try it again too. I find I had to I had to stop. I got to a part that was just so broken that I really literally could not uh, make the game go any further. Yeah. But uh, I was wondering if it, how much it crossed over into the to the actual game and stuff like that. If there was any like Easter eggs or whatever. Um, but yeah, the, yeah, great pick. You know, uh, guys, some of these shows. This this is a thing. You know, with the streaming services now, is that there's a lot of shows coming out 
um, that are kind of, you know, under the radar. And, you know, Cyberpunk, I, I'm not saying it was under the radar. I think it did pretty good numbers probably. Um, but always been on the lookout for good shows because there's a lot of really interesting creators putting stuff out on the streaming services right now. Uh, Jake, heart-wrenching moment. Um, so I'm going to – I'm gonna let Jenny have the Black Panther ones um, because there were there were two that hit me, but one of them, Demon Slayer, technically happened in 2021, and I just got caught up in 2022, mm-hmm. so I can't uh, I can't pick that one. However, um, and Alyssa's already mentioned it, um, the Sandman, the sound of her wings, um, is a very famous not only comic book moment. But now it's also a famous television moment because everything about the first half of both the comic and this series hinges on effectively death, death, the the embodiment of death showing up and explaining to Morpheus why he needs to continue doing what he is doing and being the person that he is and why he needs to do better. Um Everything about that episode just grabs you and doesn't let go. It, it's it's from beginning to end. I mean, it starts off with because um, it starts with a very with a really good like representation and adaptation of the sound of her wings, the comic book issue, and then ends with um, I can't remember what it's called. What the what the technical episode or issue was called originally, but basically um, Morpheus having this deal with an old friend of his and both stories will just tear your heartstrings the entire time. Um, In fact, there are, there are moments in my opinion in the show that I don't know if there's something about the music added to it or the performances of the actors but in my opinion, it hits harder in the show than it does in the comic. Um, particularly, the first person that Death goes to see is an old Jewish man who, um, as she is about to take him away, she wishes, he wishes to say the Shema. Um, and it is a very just, it is a very touching moment. Um, everything about that actress's performance, how she is handling herself how she is dealing with the deceased, everything about it just, I mean, it brought me to tears, like, immediately, which was really awkward because I was watching it in the, you know, break room at work um, on my phone. And, you know, so then, of course, I, I for those of you who don't know, I work in a factory, so, you know, of course, now I just have people looking at me like, what's wrong with that guy, you know? <laughs> um, and I can't really explain to them, you know, because because a lot of them aren't, into the same stuff that we are. So I can't just be like, Oh, the, the embodiment of death just took an old, an old Jewish man, um, away. Like you I can't, should. I can't, I really should say that, you know, just, just, uh, just to see what kind of reactions I get. Um, but yeah, that was, that was the moment that like, that was the moment that really, really just grabbed me. And yeah, that, that, that was a great moment, but it was still pretty heart wrenching. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I've, uh, I know of that in the comics, and uh, I and I know that everyone says they did a bang up job mm. of it on the TV series. Um, which I mean, Neil Gaiman's, you know, he was he was right there and had his hand in everything that happened in that show. So you know he's gonna 
he's going to make sure things uh, turn out well for that. Um, so yeah, Sandman, Sandman making our appearance. Hmm. Um, Alyssa, heart wrenching moment. Oh boy. Um, so the year 2022 was the year I decided to finally let myself feel my feelings. And Al can attest to this because I cried a lot over a lot of different forms of media this year. Um, so I have a few different ones. Go for um, it. I am going to deviate a little bit and talk for a minute about music. Um, so Noah Khan's Stick Season album came out in 2022 and like kind of altered the course of all of our lives a little bit, I think. Um, but in particular, his song Come Over just like absolutely obliterated me. Um, I grew up like not a super popular kid and like a lot of that song just really hit really hard. And there's one line where he says, someday I'm gonna be somebody people want. And I'm telling you, like, driving down the road, listening to that, tears streaming. <laughs> so that was probably one of the bigger emotional impacts that I've had from any form of media this year. And then also um, the last 10 minutes of the season finale of House of the Dragon. Mm. Um. I am a sucker for kids and for animals and for fantasy animals in particular. And yeah, without like spoilers, if you know, you know, like that was painful on a lot of different levels to watch. So different kind of pain, but. A very, very, uh, a very real pain though. Uh, we, we have a fantastic couple of podcasts on House of Dragon, if we you do. haven't. Uh, listened uh, to that, you definitely should. Uh, I'll go on and put the spoiler warning out here. Mm -hmm. if, you, if we want to, uh, if, if we want to spoil something, uh, we can. You know, because a lot of these are, you know, at this point we're already three months into twenty twenty three. You know, well, at least I one know, and a half. Yeah, or at least you know, yeah. <laughs> close to three months. I mean, uh, we're, we're almost to mark. It's two fifteen. That's halfway through February. Well, well it's still one and a half. Talking about That's over halfway. Okay. Okay. It's over halfway through February. <laughs> it's like fifty-three percent through February. Man, the when are the brothers with issues coming back? Yeah. Let me tell you, exactly. we're they, rounding they, up they, our months. <laughs> but uh, but no, uh, you know the uh, uh, I have um, you know I don't know why it took Alyssa so long to tell me about Noah Cahan. Um, yeah, she really don't did. pronounce his name that way. He'll get upset. Cahan? No, it's just Con. Just, oh, it's Con. It's Con. Noah Con. No, yes. no con. Okay. All right. No, I'll do that. No, I'll do. No, I'm, I'm there. I'm with it. Uh, but I don't know why it took took Alyssa so long to to tell us about this guy. Mm. You know. Mm. Um, but you I know, I literally sent you all a TikTok of Stick Season the first day I found it. Just you know, I'm just I'm just saying. I don't I, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, but uh, but I'm glad I'm glad you finally shared that mm. uh, with us. And it is a fantastic album. Uh, probably one of my favorite albums of last year. Definitely. For sure. Um, okay, uh, Jenny. Um, so I have two as well. Okay. Um, so again, spoiler alert, but uh, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, um, probably when his mom passed away, that was like a big deal. Like he was just so like, I don't know, Angela Bassett just killed that role. I'm so glad she like won an award for it because like, oh my god. Um, 
And then, like, I don't know, the entire movie, like, the ending, where Suri, like, finally, like, learns to, like, heal, and, like, she meets his son, and, like, it's just, like, I'm gonna cry actually talking about it, but anyway, uh, that's definitely one of those. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, And then, um, this one's a little more, like, I don't know, I feel like a lot of people didn't talk about this show a lot, Um, but Moon Knight, um, there was a few episodes, yeah, that did happen in 2022, right? Yeah, Hold on. yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but there were a couple episodes, like, when you, especially, I would say the last couple ones, when he's, like, in the psych ward, and, like, you learn about, like, his, like, past, and, like, his his mom, and, like, at, and, like, Oscar Isaac just delivers that role, like, just, I mean, you, like, you feel his pain. Like, you just, like, feel, like, everything, like, he's, like, I mean, that is absolutely gut-wrenching, heart-wrenching. Like, everything just pulls it out of you. Um, yeah. The moment where he's, like, running down the street and can't yes, catch his Yes, that's, breath. like, in yeah. my head. Like, like it just yeah. Like, yeah. He, he, he switches into his yeah. personality. Yeah. <laughs> I remember I turned to you guys. I was like, I don't want to watch anymore. <laughs> we were, like, just, like, stunned. I don't want to. Like, yeah. it was, like, yeah. I don't want to watch the Marvel TV yeah. shows anymore. I, I don't understand why this show, that show wasn't talked about more to be honest but anyway or oscar isaac in general uh but yeah that that definitely was a big heart-wrenching moment for me in 2022 it's uh it's one of my favorite comic book adaptations ever absolutely um, i'd agree with and that yeah i think it was a it was a crowning moment of marvel um and again oscar isaac i feel like oscar it's isaac like is just one I, of his like best things he's ever done yeah he's just he's just great all the way around mm-hmm so I really hope they do a lot more of that character because there's a lot to mine with that character. Um, and, of course, that character's been all over the place in the, in the yeah, comics. In the comics, know? yeah. Uh, so uh, definitely uh, Moon Knight had a, had a pretty good 2022. Um, yeah. Uh, my my heart-wrenching moment, um, if you know, you know, I forgive you and I love you, but you have to let me go. Do you know? Jake, do you know? I know. Do you know Alan? Oh, crap. I know. Yeah. I I wasn't even thinking video games. Oh, hell. Al, you, who is it? That is, um, again, uh, spoiler alert for everybody, because I know video games are harder to get to than shows and movies for a lot of people. But um, that is um, For God of War Ragnarok. Yeah. That's Brock. Yeah, that's his last words. And, you know, Brock, uh, you know, you, you, you have an interesting journey. Um, God, God of War is interesting because I find it funny with, with the God of War series because I played the first three, and I didn't take them seriously at all. Their action, you know, I know there's a lot of people that really think, like, the new ones have ruined the first three. First three are straight-up action movies. There's a literal sex mini game in all three of them, you know, just, like, stupid, stupid stuff. Um, that gets really heavy at the end of the third one where he decides to sacrifice himself so people can have truth and hope, uh, which is just weird how that how that's how the trilogy ends. But uh, the God of War series, since they got to, uh, uh, since Santa Monica Studios took over, has just been just one gut punch after the other. And Brock, uh, you talk about a character I wasn't expecting to, to die. Uh, Brock is just a fantastic character. Um, and he 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 dies right after you have that fantastic moment 
where Kratos is like, it needs a blessing, mm-hmm. you know, and like, so he blesses the spear, you know, and, and, uh, and it's just, it's just fantastic. Cause the, the character work that they do uh, in God of War uh, rivals anything I've seen in any medium. Um, and, uh, and so Brock, that was the heart wrenching moment. And did I get to that before you did? No, because I beat the game before okay. you did. All right. But I, I, I think I remember telling my friend Mike, I was like, there's going to be a moment where you're going to have to put the controller down and yeah. walk around for a bit. And that was that moment uh, for me where I was just like, okay, this is, this is, this is real now. <laughs> so, like, um, but that, that entire game is, is fantastic. Uh, it's going to make a, probably make another appearance for me. But that, that was my heart wrenching moment, uh, definitely. So, uh, okay. So uh, let's, let's pick it up a bit. Okay. Everybody loves a good villain. Mm. Everybody loves a good villain. We had a lot of good villains in 2022. Uh, let's let's talk about some of our some of our favorite villains. Uh, you know, in 2022, and the uh, the people uh, or uh, uh, peoples that portrayed them. Um, Jake, you want to start us off on this one? Uh, sure. <clears throat> so I have read comics for at least 20 years at this point. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and in that time, there have been like a five to 10 people list of characters that I just, if they're on the page, I'm just like, God, can we get this over with? Okay. They're for different various reasons of why I don't like them. Marvel has a habit of taking some of those characters and putting them on the screen and making me care about them and making me want to see more of them. And so that's why, for me, the best villain of the year is Namor. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Although he is technically, I think the technical term that people are tossing around for him is anti-villain. Either way, he is very much the antagonist of this film. And and here's the thing: there really isn't a colder line than bury your dead, mourn your losses, but I'll be back in one week. There, I mean, as as she is hold, as Kenny has already said, she is holding her mother. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, that is, that is a villain at that point. Um, no, na- everything about Namor and Tinoc Huerta, I think is how you say his name. Um, everything about that performance, everything that he brought to it was pitch perfect. Really um, I, I did not expect walking out of that movie wanting to see a Namor like Disney plus series or, or a Namor spinoff or something. But here's the thing. If they have a Wakanda Disney plus series and they have a Talokan uh, Disney plus series, I will gladly watch both of them because I wanted to know so much more about Namor and his people, um, which I did not expect at all, but just everything about his characterization in this, everything about the performance, just pitch perfect. Um, even the ending, because I it just it works so like Jenny already talked about with her being able to you know forgive and accept that she has to move on you know yeah. and then just everything about God, that. See, just, I cried at that part too. I cried so many times in that movie. Yeah. It was hard to pick just one heart wrenching mm-hmm. thing from that movie. Mm-hmm. This all is Wakanda forever, basically. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Because because at that point, both of them are neither one of them has T'Challa there. 
from Civil War to say vengeance has destroyed has destroyed them. Yeah. You know, not and neither one of them has that and they have to come to that together. Mm-hmm. And that's what is once again also a perfect callback to who Takala was as a person. Mm-hmm. And since he's not there to do that for them, they have to do it themselves together. And that's just it's just yeah, everything about Namor. Can I just say is, the, the Black Panther series or franchise in general is just interesting in how like their villains are very clearly villains, but like after you, if you rewatch it again, because I remember when I, the second time I watched it, I went to Josh and I was like, you know, that, that talk that he has with Shuri, like it kind of, it made sense. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and, yeah. Like, and Josh was like, are you, si-? and I'm like, no, I'm not siding with them. I'm just like, oh, yeah, I mean, he's not wrong, you know, like, but anyway. What if? <laughs> What if they wiped all of humanity off the face yeah, of the planet? Like, I mean, what? I don't know. Like, would it be a net just positive? Wakandans and Talicans, you know? know just... like, <laughs> it wouldn't be that bad. I don't know. But no, I thought he was terrifying, Jake, so I, I agree with that. Because, like, when they do, like, his little backstory, like, he's, like, as a kid, which, I, you know, they yeah. killed his mama. So, yeah. like, yeah. Or no, they destroyed his city. He goes or, to bury his. He mama, goes to bury and his then he mama. Finds that they're they're slavers. They're, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. See again. Yeah. I'm like. He's well, like. I mean, he's killing slavers. Yeah. You know. I mean. You know. <laughs> was that bad? Yeah. No, probably not. You know. But, yeah. yeah. I couldn't remember yeah. what. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway. That that is another Sorry, moment. I didn't mean to, like, no, no, talk no, 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 no. You're fine. That that is another moment. Is he is, you know, performance aside, he is also just very <clears> imposing. They do a really good job um, to to kind of use a wrestling terminology with this. They do a really good job of selling of how powerful Namor and the Talicans are, um, because there's there's never a point where you think he is not in control until literally the last scene of that film, mm-hmm. and I think that's why he works so well because you are. If not terrified of him, you're at the very least nervous. Because mm-hmm. I remember when Mbaku goes after him, I was like, please don't do it. We have we have Same. already lost so much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Please don't take Mbaku from us too. Like, yeah. oh man. But anyways, I, I, I want to move on. I've taken too much time. I'm sorry. <laughs> but but yes, Namor was the best villain of the year for me. Uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't disagree. Uh, you know, as a character, the character I really have. Like I just every time I'm like every time he shows up in the comic I'm just like gosh just go away <laughs> gosh he was so annoying you know uh, but um, but yeah he he was he was a standout you know definitely my favorite uh, version of that but you know Marvel's gonna get, listen you know I'm I'm still here for the Taskmaster they've got in Black Widow mm-hmm. as far as another character every time they show up in the comics I'm just like please go away mm-hmm. so they do a good job of upgrading uh, the villains and you know uh, they they're 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 pretty awesome at that. Um, Alyssa, villain of the villain of 2022 for you. Um, yeah, so this is one that I have, I felt like an incredible amount of vindication about when he was revealed. Um, so this is going to be spoilers for Rings of Power. Um, but yeah, we got sexy Sauron on screen. And when that reveal happened, I was like, hell yeah, this is what we have been saying for years. Did I not, like three years ago, name our group chat, Sexy Sauron is ruining my life because yeah, we talked did. about yeah. how like, he's canonically beautiful. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, beyond that, though, like that whole character was just so well done. 
Um, so much of the imagery with him, like, I swear that last episode, that scene when he's finally like revealed, he on screen looks like a foot taller than he had previously. Um, and just that show, there are definitely issues with the show, but I personally loved and enjoyed it. And just kind of watching that character progression go from like someone who's just kind of over it to someone who like, okay, maybe he has like a dark side that he's running from to realizing that he's been controlling and manipulating the situation from the jump was just so cool to watch play out. Um, so yeah, that is my villain of the year. I um I didn't see Rings of Power. Uh, I know. Oh. You guys had some. <coughs> some I know y'all had some some mixed feelings about it, but I I do know uh, Sauron, and then you said obviously you really liked Elrond. Uh, El, uh, anytime that the the Elrond and the dwarves are on screen, and then the last oh. episode are the best parts of that show. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, it's it's already got season two. Yes. Uh, so yeah. uh, so we can definitely look forward to that. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, and, and you're right. Uh, you did call it, uh, you know, about oh, sexy Sauron and uh, his uh, <laughs> his ability to uh, just charm people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess that that's probably what is that what season two you think is going to be about? Is I mean, it's out who he is. So I mean, I'm, I'm my assumption is yeah. that it, it was out who he was in Cimmerillion. So like, yeah, but like they didn't know what he what he looked like though. He this was him as Anatar basically. So my assumption. So this is why I can't. This this is my issue with the show. I, I don't know. I don't know what's happening here. So, so basically, they wanted to kind of set up. At least in my opinion, they wanted to set up who who he is in the world, and then he's going to get captured by Numenorians, and then they're going to be like, "Yeah, we got Sauron, haha!" But then he's going to be like, "No, Tar. Um, I can't remember his name." But whichever the the stupid king that sides with him at the end of it, and then ruins everything, and Ellen Ellendale has to leave. Uh, spoilers for I guess season three, probably. Okay. Um, but even, even spoilers more, for a book that's been out for like fifty years. Yeah, exactly. The whole point of this though is that like he tricks the elves into making rings. That happens in this. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. That, that, is, that is yeah. that is the last episode. Does he um, sectionist to trick the elves? Um, he uses um, Celebrimbor's desire to do, to be to matter um, to uh, to to do Honestly something. Honestly, fair. Yeah. Okay. No, that's yeah. No, it was like I said. Here's the thing. I had a lot of problems with this show. Um, I still do not like Galadriel in the show, which I hate having to say that. But um, anytime Elrond and the dwarves were on screen, and then the last episode are the best parts of this show. Huh. Uh, including how Sauron tricks Celebrimbor into making the rings. Um, yeah. Okay. I really liked Galadriel in this show, but that's, yeah, we can talk about that another that's, time. But yeah. Whole podcast. <laughs> that, yeah, just with that whole show, there is like kind of a back and forth with like, oh, who do we think the big bad is going to be? Because there were like a few different, like, what felt like reveals throughout the season and then we finally got it and yeah i just felt so completely vindicated in that when we were watching it so that's my villain of the year 
Well, there you go. I mean, I think I'm I'm I'm, I'm always glad uh, when Alyssa gets her vindication, you know, and particularly on something like Sexy Sauron. Mm-hmm. I remember when she came to the group chat that I was like, where did this come from? <laughs> but, but well, I, I, that's now, what it now, was like three years ago. I forget yeah. why we were talking about it, but we were just being big freaking nerds probably and talking about like the Silmarillion and all of that stuff and how like the movies don't give like a great representation of Sauron and then it just came up that like well I mean he is technically supposed to be very beautiful in at least one of his forms so and then it got changed to something else and then when this show came out I changed it back again (laughs) Well, the only thing I can hope then is that Grand Admiral Thrawn is as sexy as you hope he is in the coming years. Uh, I don't now, care what I he looks it's... like as long as he's played well. Yeah. Thrawn's attractiveness comes more from his, I don't know, his his posturing, I guess, than his appearance. It's weird because I've never seen a character. Often you say like the Joker was the only character where that succeeded in both the comics and in real life because people would be like, man, the Joker just knows what he's talking about. Like if the Joker was actually like in another dimension, looking back, boy, I'm successful. Thrawn is the same way because the way people talk about Thrawn, like a little bit there, like it's like, you know, his sexiness just comes from this like inner being that he has. <laughs> you know, just like this, just like he just oozes this sexiness. You know, and if Grand Admiral Thrawn existed, he'd be like, "Yeah, I'm winning." Yeah, yeah. he's very charismatic. There you go. I know. Yeah, that's the whole. That's the whole thing. All right, uh, Al, you got a villain for me? Um, I just want to throw out um, a reference to a joke from our Star Wars show, real quick. Um, it has been zero days since Josh has unpromptedly brought up how sexy Thrawn is. I mean, it, it was it was kind of prompted because it's the name it, of our. No, that was all always, you this time, buddy. Josh, it always starts with you for some reason. <laughs> I listeners don't know that. Yeah, that's fair. My my hatred of Grand Emma Thrawn is just a cover up for the fact that I am in love with this man, <laughs> just like everyone else is. That's crazy. The only that's toxic masculinity, Josh. The only difference is I realize how horrible he actually is, and I'm trying to mm. help people. But even as I'm doing that. I'm just taking him by his charisma. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, you just can't. You just can't help but love Grand Admiral Thrawn. Yes. Uh, Al, uh, uh, please change the subject quick. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I will say that um, there is... Piggybacking on what Alyssa was talking about with Sauron in Rings of Power. Like, kind of as like the flip side of what Jacob was talking about with like how complex of an antagonist Amor is in Wakanda forever. Um, I mean, Killmonger is as well as Jenny um, had pointed out. Um, and as important as it is as those types of villains exist or those types of antagonists or anti-villains or whatever you want to call them, as important as it is that they exist. I think there's a lot of understated value to having a villain who is who is just evil, um, and I think that's a role that Sauron fills very well in Lord of the Rings and Rings of Power. Is just this um, this source of evil 
to be struggled against. And um, that also applies to my pick as well, uh, going off of what Josh has already brought up, because um, I'm going with um, a lot of more Ragnarok, uh, because the depiction of Odin in that game is such a such a ever and very relevant very realistic depiction of just what an evil dude looks like um because odin is handled very well he's handled very cleverly in that um in all of your interactions with him and all of the character interactions with Odin. Um, very rarely does he actively show himself to be who he truly is. Um, Odin is one of the most commonly found types of villains in that um, if you had to ask me what is the main kind of defining trait of Odin in God of War Ragnarok, is that um, um, is that what Kratos and and Freya talk about? Where um, Odin's main thing is, yeah, he does a bunch of horrible stuff. He causes the deaths of a lot of people. Um, he does all these things, but at his core, Odin is a pathological liar. Um, it's like I'm the meme of just like you know. Odin lied as easily as he breathed. Like, he just, like, every word that comes out of this character in that story is just utterly dripping with dishonesty and manipulation, right? And to see the main villain of a story that is so hyped up, so filled with all this all this tension and all of this history and the body of work and mythology and things like that. And to see this villain be so effective while avoiding all of the tropes and expectations we come to have with like a big villain in a big action video game. Um, and for him to be so effective where when for like 98% of the game, all Odin does is talk to the other characters. And just to like see the job he does on on Atreus, to see the strings he pulls with Kratos, to see the little twists of the knife he's able to do with um, with Freya, um and their past relationship like his character is just handled and written so well to where like you're kind of captivated by him and you're kind of really invested in what he's saying and what his angle is when at the end of the day <laughs> by the end of the game you realize like oh wait no i don't care about what odin is trying to do because odin sucks <laughs> because odin is like an abusive horrible narcissistic piece of shit but you forget about that at times because the character is written to where he 
has you drop your guard and he has you get invested in his story the same way the other characters fall into that trap as well. And it was just so impressively well done. Um, and like, I'm really intrigued as to what they do with the franchise going forward, because um, it's going to be hard to write as effective of a villain um, as Odin was in Ragnarok. It was just, just really, really well done. Yeah. Um, yeah, one of my one of my favorite uh, villains of all time in any video game ever. Um, and it was really, you know, considering the Odin that we have we have been getting, you know, in pop culture with like Anthony Hopkins and things like that, to have this really honestly kind of like reserved villain. You know, he kind of he's almost played like John Malkovich would play him or something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like this like very reserved you know, very attempt to be quote unquote attempts to be peaceful, you know, um, you know, trying to, you're always like, Hey, I'm just trying to make a deal. You know, I don't want this anymore than anyone else does, but you're forcing my hand kind of thing. Just really fantastic work all the way around on him. Um, yeah, just, and, and you're right. He kind of, he kind of lures you in in the way he lures Atreus in. Um, and, uh, yeah, just, just brilliant all the way around. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and not just talk about that game, you know, <laughs> for the entire podcast. Jenny, uh, um, it's actually really hard. There was right. like a lot of good villains, like, like I want to say like Gore uh, from Thor. Gore was um, a good villain, yeah. Yeah, uh, the Riddler from like. And then also Darth Vader made an appearance in 2022. That's true. He did. And I love my Darth Vader. You do. Um, You do love your Darth Vader. um, But, like, it's kind of like Alsa. We have so many, like, understandable villains that, like, I feel like the Riddler played a really good villain. Like, I'm sure people could argue that he's understandable. But, like, he just seems evil to me. Yeah, no, he Um, is. And so, like, I don't know. I feel like he's probably the one I would pick for the year. Um... Like, he was just terrifying because I think it was because of how realistic he was. Um, And it's not that far from, like, things that we see, you know, in uh, our day-to-day lives. Uh, So, yeah, uh, pick the Riddler. Right. I I really like Paul Dano's Riddler. Um, Yeah. So much so that I'm already annoyed we're getting uh, Joker. Uh, again, although I think Barry Keegan's going to be fine uh, as uh, actually probably more than fine as the as did the that Joker. get confirmed? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's I'm him behind. The, yeah, there's even like an unreleased like. Well, no, like I remember that, but I thought that like the director was like, just because he was there doesn't mean he's going to be. Yeah, there. and then he was clearly in the movie, <laughs> so it was kind of hard to be like. Okay. That was just a Barry so, Keegan look like. Supposedly, uh, the second film will not focus on the Joker. Yeah, that's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. So, yeah, I mean, let's 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 get, let's let the other cats get some shine, you yeah. know. Um, but uh, what I really liked about the Riddler and the Batman um, is the fact that there's this there's this undercurrent of Batman undercurrent in Batman fandom that I really hate, where it's you know you know. If Batman wasn't around, there would have been the actual. Okay, I hate that so much. I hate it more than mm-hmm. anything. I just, I just like, it just makes me want to just like, you know, yeet, yeah, something. yeet myself yeah. into the sun. <laughs> um, but like, what was interesting 
what the Batman did that was interesting, and it's really taking from the things that Tom King, Scott Snyder, and so many other great writers, even Grant Morrison, uh, have done with Batman, is like, no, Gotham creates these villains. Yeah. And if you don't have a Batman or you don't have something standing up, yeah. Uh, to these guys, and this stuff is going to keep happening. This could be bad. There's, yeah, you know, yeah. they are just going to be bad. <laughs> it's gonna be bad yeah. um, so I really, I, I really like that about that character. And uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, Paul Dano in that he just he plays him straight. I mean, he has a he has a reason for why he is, but he plays him straight evil. Yeah. You know? and, well, it's uh, just what I mean by that is like it's not the same reasons as like Killmonger or Namor or you know, right, or even Gore. Yeah. Um. So or even Vader. Uh, I no, there's like, a there's another version of Thor: Love and Thunder called Gore. Let's just watch him kill a bunch of people. Where I would go around back, yeah, all these gods probably do deserve to die if they're going to be that way, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, even like his introduction introduction in Thor, right? It's kind of like, well, shit, yeah, like that exactly. wasn't very nice. Yeah, it, like, it wasn't very nice. It wasn't very nice. <laughs> it was horrible, actually. You know? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, kill that guy twice. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, although I did love, like, I mean, that was just a great, like, I mean, they just, the casting for all the villains this year, just round of applause for every casting director. They were all so good. Fair. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, no, the Riddler was just horrifying. Um, I still think of several of those scenes. Um, yeah. Um, every every time I stream and I start off by saying, hey, guys, um there's a mild concern for me because that's literally exactly how the Riddler also started his stream. Yeah. But um, also and the Batman also great Turkington. <laughs> so, you know, there, there is a concern there. Al, were you going to say something? Um, oh yeah, I was, um, I was just going to comment on what you were saying, Jenny, in that, like, um, I think a very big part of why that depiction of the Riddler was so good and so effective um, in that way is that like his whole character like feels very much like a very real individual who could who could pop up like any day now yeah just like his ideology his feeling of victimization by like just the way the world is and, and things like that. Um, um, the reach that that ideology can very quickly find online with like a bunch of incels who feel the same way. Like, um, I think that was a, a big reason why that villain was so effective because there were a lot of parts where I was just kind of like, yeah, I could see this happening. Like, this could this could very easily be somebody on on whatever alternative to Twitch um, there is out there. Like. A hundred percent, yeah. I mean, and, and like, even like some of the stuff he did, I was like, I could totally see, like, yeah, none of it seemed too far off, like, at all. Well, the Vams at the end was definitely a play on the van at Nashville. I mean, yeah, I no, I it. know. I was like, so, you know, like, damn, yeah, yeah. it's rough. Yeah, yeah, he was, he was, he was, he was a scary villain. He was, he was scary, guys. Paul Dato, he's a, he's a great villain. Going all the way back to There Will Be Blood. I mean, he's fantastic in that. You know, he's he's just a solid, solid villain. Um, poor guy. You know, I hope, I hope his next thing's romantic comedy so he can kind of like branch <laughs> rebuild. out, you know, rebuild. Yeah. You know? This guy deserves yeah. to, you know, fall in love a couple times at least. <laughs> but um, yes, honorable mention though to Darth Vader though, because I mean, Darth Vader he's and my boy. One. That was pretty fantastic. That yeah, was so good. I agree. And they brought back my boy Anakin. 
Or yeah. Hayden Christensen. Yeah. Or Anakin. Yeah, or Anakin. Sure. He's really Anakin. Let's be honest. He's Anakin. But yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So my villain, I'm going to try and do this really quick. All right. And you just tell me if you would find the story interesting. Okay. All right. So there's a guy and he comes in and he starts a rebellion. And he starts to fight against aristocratic people. And while he's fighting against aristocratic people, he's, they're, they're doing real well. They're getting the support of the people behind them. But all of a sudden, he's betrayed by one of his own. And so he tries to keep it going. He tries and everything. And, and even though he continues to fight, the people actually start to turn against him. <coughs> Sorry. <clears throat> the people actually start to turn against him. And so as he, he goes away for a while, he comes back. He tries to keep up his rebellion going, and the people turn against him. And they start to really enjoy, really just villainous people, you know, people you would consider just monsters and just horrible people. And so he comes back and he decides, well, I'm going to be one of those monsters. He takes out those monsters, and then he has a couple of cousins. And he goes and he wants them to join him, and one of them wants to join him, one of them doesn't. So he literally beats up one of them until they join him. Oh. And then he oh. has another cousin he brings up. He brings up this guy as an enforcer. And he starts and he takes over and he finally is successful. He's finally successful within his rebellion. And it's cost him his soul. Would that be an interesting storyline to you guys? Yeah. Everybody? Everybody interested in that storyline? I'm intrigued. Alyssa? I'm just waiting to see where you go with this. <laughs> He's like, I'm not gonna is say this, Is yet. this somehow the plot to like Puss in Boots 2 or something? <laughs> I hope so. That is the plot of the wrestler Roman Reigns this year. And it is the best Ooh. plot I've ever seen in a wrestling. I've watched wrestling my entire life. It is the only plot in wrestling. Because I understand wrestling's ridiculous, okay? And I would never come to someone and like Al and be like, listen, let me tell you, the time that Hulk Hogan turned on everybody in 1996 is just a landmark moment, okay? <laughs> but I would with this. And what's been real interesting about what has happened with Roman Reigns this year is that there have been people on TikTok and on YouTube who are, who are examining this and looking at it from the from cases of like PTSD, the ideas of found family, the ideas of abuse within family, the ideas of, of, of making excuses for abuse and looking at it that way. And it's one of the reasons why this storyline has lasted and has been so good. And, you know, I'm one of those guys that, like, I, I realize, you know, like, you know, wrestling is still kind of like a niche thing. It's kind of like off to the side, you know, and I realize that it's, you know, it's it's not, you know, something that is that is really as mainstream as it used to be. But the storyline has been so fantastic with him and he's been so perfect in it. Um, that he is, he's just been my favorite villain of the year, you know, because every time, you know, he gets on, every time he grabs a mic or every time he's wrestling or whatever, he's wrestling and doing all this stuff with all this like history behind him. And you can only really get that in wrestling. There's only, you know, you maybe with like long book series or maybe even with a long television series, but within wrestling, you when wrestlers get in the ring, if they're good at it and they're good at what they're doing, they bring all the history of years that they've done it with them and everything that's happened before and then looking to the future, everything that's going to happen after goes into that one moment. 
Roman's been fantastic about that. So yeah, Roman Reigns is my is he has been so good that I've been like trying to figure out a way for us to do like a wrestling podcast on here. Um, you know, that's how fantastic I think uh, like a regular wrestling podcast. That's how fantastic I think he's been. Um, and uh, so yeah, he's he's my he's my villain of the year. And and I do realize that that's a a left of center pick. I have two thoughts on that. First of all, I was today years old when I found out that wrestling has a plot. Um, mm. So that is brand new information for me. But also, is he the one who like comes out with like a freaking Zylander, like a big old sword? No, that's Drew McIntyre. Actually. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, he's fantastic too. Uh, but no, Roman's the guy who his his group is called the Bloodline, and like there's there's a lot going on here because he's part of the he's he's Samoan. Uh, part of the American okay. Moas. And like his entire family, he's got four generations that have been wrestling now. He's a fourth generation wrestler. And there's a lot of like, there, there's just a lot going on. And it's just really interesting to see how they intertwine that. Um, like I said, I realize wrestling's ridiculous. It's it's total, total madness a lot of times. Yeah. But this storyline's been fantastic. And uh, okay. so, yeah, he's, he's he's been my, he's my villain of the year. Well, that's cool. I was going to say, like, I accidentally ended up on the side of TikTok that does, like, wrestling thirst trap edits a while back. And I was very confused about how I got there. No, 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 no. TikTok knows, Alyssa. They know. No, actually, I feel like this is possibly because of book talk. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, everything that's... wrong in my life can be traced back to book talk. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I want to talk about characters. So we've done villains. You know, we've done, you know, like heart-wrenching moments. We've done, uh, you know, um, triumphant moments. But I want to talk about characters that just made you feel good this year. Okay. Uh, just made you like, you know, like when you when you see this character, saw this character this year, you were like, everything's going to be right in the world. OK, um, I will end the podcast if anyone picks Scarlet Witch. OK, I'm just letting you know if that happens. OK, all right. All right? I don't okay. want to bring it up. Okay. Not even as a joke. OK. okay? All right. <laughs> so like just, you know, because, I, I, you know, I just, I just don't want to do that. OK, so characters that just were uplifting to you this year. Um, Jay. You good? You want to? Yes, I'm. I'm absolutely okay. good. Yes. Um, she Hulk. Oh, really? Okay. Just I. I. Okay, Kamala no, Khan. No, I mean, no, no, well, no. I, I, here, no, here's the thing. What you want to say? Here's the thing. I, I mean, one way half dozen. Exactly. <laughs> so, so, so the thing is, is that to the summer of 2022, we got two of the characters that really I was looking forward to the most to see how they brought them into the MCU. But the other reason I'm so excited about them is because they are both genuinely hopeful and uplifting characters right. in an already hopeful and uplifting, you know, MCU, um, you know, with, you know, obviously Captain America, Thor, they're all great, all great characters. But with these two, they are just so good and so just genuine about who and what they are. Um both of them are just just absolute perfection, and the thing is, is that the way that their shows worked, like you like you just said, if something bad was happening, as long as those two characters were anywhere nearby, I knew that everything was going to be okay. Um, 
even though I know, you know, Kamala has those moments early on in, in the show where, you know, she is the she is the teenage hero. She is screwing things up. She is, you know, kind of fumbling around. But at the same time, when she genuine, when she really becomes Miss Marvel, you know, by the end of it, spoiler alert. Um, but when she really becomes Miss Marvel, you know, she is. I mean, hell, that 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 show ends with her taking down like basically an entire like like division of troops because because that's what they are they're, they're they're not police officers or like FBI agents or anything they are like a militaristic force that for some reason this woman is just like I'm going to kill Kamala Khan I don't know why <laughs> um but uh that but yeah I mean and she's just she was just perfect she was and very very hopeful and a and also a fantastic um representation for you know younger girls that's something to look up to um and and just something to just feel good about you know and so that's yeah so so kamala khan probably probably my pick by the way i just well, want to say she hope though I mean, I, I, either way either way, either way no, no, no. but but i, I will say this i i, I want to say this about miss marvel because it's so rare in fact the only other thing that i know that does this is the studio ghibli movies but parents that aren't obtuse that you actually care about in yeah. Miss Marvel, mm-hmm. um, there's like a pretty heartbreaking scene early on where the parents are really trying. Kamala's <laughs> just not having it. And it's kind of depressing. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of like, it's the first time in a long time where I haven't sided with, you know, the teenager in that situation. Because mm-hmm. normally that's how these things are built is like, you know, just have a teenager. Parents just don't understand Will Smith, you know? Um, you know, I I just really, I always want to bring that out. If you haven't watched Miss Marvel, um, I know it, uh, uh, you know, it had there for a bit. It was like, it it didn't, I thought there for a bit, it didn't get good, uh, viewership numbers, but man, it's for some reason they brought it out the same, like as Kenobi was ending, Miss Marvel was starting. And so for some reason, and I, I, and it's a streaming service. I don't know why we can't. Like they're not fighting for prime time anymore. I don't know why well, the ratings so different too. Yeah, like, my gosh. But but for but for some reason that that hurt a lot. That hurt Miss Marvel quite a bit. Well, I love Miss Marvel. Yeah, um, you know, oh. it's I also um, it's also important to note as well that it got review bombed by a bunch of racists pretty bad when it first premiered. Oh, yeah, oh I forgot about yeah. that. It did get review bombed. Yeah. I mean, I just assume racism in all things. Yeah. At this yeah. point, you know, uh, speaking of and, and we can go from racism right to misogyny if you want to talk about She Hulk. Yeah. No, uh, I thought She Hulk was just a very like powerful, uplifting, like good female character. Um, and yeah, I loved how she called out like all the, um, you know. The uh, the racist and the misogynist and um, yeah. My favorite thing about She Hulk was that is that like I'm saying this as a man, but men are so predictable in how they are going to complain about something that that show was written and filmed, and by the time you got to the I think eighth <laughs> episode of that show. Everything like everything that men yeah. had complained about for the previous seven episodes, mm-hmm. they'd already predicted and had yeah. weaved into yeah. the plot of the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, like it, it, that was one of the that was it was just such a fantastic, you know, like gotcha moment. You know, yeah. Uh, that that honestly might should have been our triumphant moments. You know, sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I really 
And I really liked um, what's the name of the girl that plays her? Uh, uh, Tatiana Maslani. Tatiana, yeah, I can never Maslani. say that. Maslani. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, she was fantastic. Yeah, you know, She's all the way that's yeah. a very that's a very hard role to play, and she, she did incredible with she it. She nailed it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, yeah. She's one of those characters that, like, I mean, like, very similar to Miss Marvel, um, or my second pick, which is gonna be Obi Wan, Ian McGregor's Obi Wan. Like every time you see mm. him, you're just like, oh, like you're mm. just like this is happy. Yeah. Like my little my heart's warm. This happy. Yes. Um. So uh, yeah, I was definitely like that with those three characters. I would say. Um, Obi Wan, Miss Marvel, and She Hulk. Right. Um, yeah. I uh, the other thing that was great about She Hulk is that it led to once again that most people that criticize comics and comic book movies don't read comics because everyone was talking about there's too much comedy in this. So like, yeah, I'm like, I, like, I, like, I don't know. I like, literally it's... have an issue where it's She Hulk number one, uh, second uh, second volume. Mm. Where she says, "If you all don't buy this, I'm going to come and rip up all your X-Men comics." Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's just a, it's a. That's how she's been the entire time yeah. she's been written. Yeah, um, and they're like, "Oh, she's copying Daredevil or um, Deadpool. Uh, Deadpool for uh, breaking the fourth wall." Ten, like, technically, she did it first. I was Deadpool copying her, man. Yeah. Yeah. So. so. Yeah, I'm 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 really intrigued to see where where those two characters go. Miss Marvel. I just hope that she gets renewed for a second season. I, I imagine one of the reasons they're not renewing all this stuff is that most of these things are going to be in a movie. Yeah. yeah, that's true. I think Kevin Feige did say he was going to like tone down the or not tone down, but like not make as many. Shows. Right. Yeah. yeah. Which is fair because yeah. like we've got so much to watch. We have a lot yeah. to catch up on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Hey, uh, good uplifting character, Alyssa. Oh boy. Um, Josh, so this is one that you'll probably appreciate because I just made you read this book. Um, Well, you read the first book, but my pick is going to be your girl Bryce Quinlan from Crescent City and Crescent City 2 that just came out this last year. Um, Today is actually the one year anniversary of that book coming out. So happy birthday to that book. Yeah. yeah, you want girl power, you want a little bit of sass, you want someone putting in 110% to make the world a better place, even if they complain about it the whole time. Um, yeah, she's fantastic. Um, I want to be her when I grow up. <laughs> yeah, I kind of want to be her when I grow up, too. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Um, she is, uh, in the first book, at least, and I complained about this. Um, she's she's such a cool character, and I do think there's a some semblance of um, you know uh, analysis we could do on like uh, female versus male gaze and stuff like that. But like yeah. Hunt Athalar in the first book is just so obtuse for so much of it, and like I I, I would just be texting Alyssa like I don't understand why like just just. Just, you know, stab how Bryce and, like, just glower, you know, you know, and have your lightning ready and just zap the thing she says to zap. Because she seems like she knows what she's doing. There's a fantastic moment in the first book, Alyssa, that I almost texted you about. Uh, probably the moment that I was like, and it's just a little moment, but, like, when when Hunt sees the, um, the archangel that he had rebelled against and they, she shows up 
you know, and like there's a whole mystery behind that and all yes. that. Yes. I'm not going to get into it, but they end up in the same place at the same time. And Hunt kind of freezes and starts to look like he's going to attack. And Bryce very quickly analyzes the situation and gets her phone out and starts trying to take selfies with the Archangel to distract. <laughs> it's fantastic. It's such yeah. a cool moment. I was like, that is genius. Like that, that's, that's just who this character is all the time. She's very good at thinking on her feet. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I, I agree totally. Yeah. That, yeah. She was a, she's a great character. Yeah. One of, yeah. one of my favorite characters I've read in a while. She's great. She gets even better in the next book. Um, so look forward to that. But yeah, she's just so cool and so complex because like surface level, like, she's introduced as like this party girl who's you know super hot and by the way she is described by everyone in this book as being super hot and she is a plus size lady and i love that representation um honestly reading this book made me feel better about my own body and like my own skin that i'm in so love to see it um she is absolutely gorgeous and a party girl and you know gets around and goes through all of this stuff and again like this is gonna verge on like spoiler territory but like one of the subplots of this book is like her sobriety journey um that she keeps like very hush hush um she is secretly also like incredibly smart but doesn't talk about it because you know it's easier for her if people just think she's you know dumb party girl um she has like a ton of historical knowledge um and on top of that like absolutely no issue getting down and dirty and beating the literal hell out of people um so yeah she's a very not very complex character but like a very intriguing character who's got a lot going on um she has a very interesting approach to coping with her grief and her trauma that she's had plenty of throughout her life um i just think she's very very well written and i would follow her just about anywhere love her want to be her i'm excited for you to read the next book <laughs> I, I will say Alyssa, I'm, and i'm when i when i point this out i'm not angry about it at all um i um you know i just found this funny because you do bring up with Bryce, they do talk about, you know, like, they talk about how she's very voluptuous, and, you know, they bring it up quite a bit. And you're right, it's very good representation. They do the same thing with Lehabah as well, uh, if, if I'm saying her name correctly. Um, but, like, they don't do that with Hunt, man. Like, Hunt walks around without a shirt, and you will, every time he does, you will get a paragraph description of every muscle on his body. Mm. Every single one of them. Uh, and, like, he apparently just looks like a mix of like Jin Kazama and Ryu from Street Fighter. Oh, hell yeah. You know, and just like, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just great. So like, you know, I, I have, I, I am, I do not begrudge, uh, you know, Lord knows that, uh, you know, the, the, the pendulum needs to swing the other way uh, <coughs> towards the women in that, in that regard. But, uh, so I don't begrudge it, but I did find it funny. I was like, okay, yeah, I, I get that. I feel that. Like uh, you said, this is a book written from the female gaze. Hey, there you go. It is. It definitely is. It definitely is. Um, Al, uplifting character. Hello. Yes. So, um, yeah. There's um, there's a 
there's a few possible choices for me. Um, Harley Cox is Daredevil. Um, we got to see him actually as Daredevil again this year um, in She-Hulk. Um, and he was like having fun as the character, which was a nice change. Um, because I love uh, Daredevil from Netflix a lot. But, um, um, you know, it's good to have a change in tone. Uh, I mean, you know, you can um, appreciate the Mark Wade approach to Daredevil just as much as you can uh, on the Frank Miller approach as well. Um, so that was great. Um, um, I will say that uh, Miles Morales in um, the comics last year um, had the end to a very long uh, character run um, on his book in the comics. Um, Aladdin Ahmed um, finished the longest run um, on the character since um, he got introduced and written um, by Indus in the Ultimate um, Spider-Man comics. Um, um, he had a great year. There was a really great end to his um, round as well. Um, so Miles had a good year in 2022. But um, but I will make a little bit of a pull. Um, and this is purely fueled by nostalgia um, for me, for sure. But um, for anybody who does not keep up with um, the more, uh, more classical animes, um, that come out. I'm gonna say animes, like the old man that I am. Um, um, for anyone who does not keep up with that and does not know, um, Ash Ketchum is the world Pokemon champion officially in the anime as of 2022. Woo! Yeah, yeah. Woo! It, it took him. Woo is right. It, Boy, it's been a journey. <laughs> Boy, it has been a journey for sure. Appropriately enough, he he won the championship in Pokemon Journeys. So there you go. Um, so like there was a tournament arc that was basically a tournament of champions, where um, champions from all the various regions um, in the show were invited for a um, big tournament where um, they battled each other. There were a lot of really, really cool fights. There were a couple um, highly scripted ones because Pokemon was still trying to push um, through Sword and Shield um, in some ways. But um, but at the end of it all, Ash wins. And there's a kind of like a montage um, in that episode where he wins the championship, where it's just kind of a montage of... Pikachu and Ash kind of revisiting and reliving all of the various friends and partners they've had along the way. And you see pools all the way back uh, from like the Indigo League. It's incredible. It's awesome. And just like um, I had it um, a little bit um, spoiled for me uh, because I don't actively watch um, the Pokemon anime. So after I heard about it, I went back to where um, the tournament arc started um, and watched it all. Um, and just every time I threw on an episode and I saw Ash just kind of go to work and get and get stuff done, um, um, I don't know. It just felt very cathartic almost 
to um, have a character who I knew from so long ago in my life and in my childhood and see um, that character blossom and mature um, just as I have um, over the years. And yeah, man, every time I sat down and watched an episode, um, it made me happy. It made me very hype uh, to watch all of the battles. So um, if anybody is interested in Pokemon, whether you've kept up with the show or not, um, I highly recommend you uh, just watch like on the tournament arc of the anime right now because man, it was it was awesome. It was legit. It was legitimately really cool. It was like um, the um, away home um, kind of event for um, the Pokemon anime. So it was it was really awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm. I'm obviously that's not much of a pull at all for this crowd, honestly. Right. You know, I'm always down. Like uh, up. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it's it's. Uh, yeah, that, I, I, it is interesting. You know, I, I'm I'm intrigued to see what they do pulling in a new character. Uh, you know, after we've been with Ash for so long. Um, you know, but uh, I, I'll I'll be intrigued to see how they how they handle that. Um, but I mean, you know, Pokemon, you know, it, it's it's uh, it's still a powerhouse, you know. And uh, the new game they kind of have its hiccups, but I really enjoy it. Uh, it's almost too big, actually, um, and almost has too many Pokemon in it. Mm-hmm. If you ever wondered how many Pokemon were too many Pokemon, probably the Pokemon in in the Scarlet. There's just too many. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, but it, it is it's it's uh, that, that that was a that was a great moment for 2022. Uh, and something that I think all of us uh, millennial kids probably needed, you know, mm-hmm. at that point. Um, we needed a win. <laughs> exactly, we needed a win. Um, my uplifting character um, is, uh, and I'm actually kind of shocked, Kenny didn't mention her. Princess Leia from Obi-Wan. Oh, my God. Oh, Princess Leia from Obi-Wan was perfect, man. The most perfect little character ever. Yeah, exactly. Baby girl. <laughs> I was just so distracted by Obi-Wan's beard. Yeah, I know, and I get that. I'm distracted by Obi-Wan's beard, too. But, like, uh, yeah. Princess, yeah, the Princess Leia uh, in, in Obi-Wan was just so great. Like, I, I wondered how they were going to do that with such an iconic character. But there was never a moment when I was watching that where I was like, yeah, this is this is exactly who Leia it is. It was like, perfect. It was yeah. so good. It's you know, amazing. It from was... the moment, like, you know, like that one like horrible kid like tries to talk bad about her and like her cousin. Yeah, her cousin. And she yeah. just lights him up, man. Like it's oh, it's so good. You know, it's so great. And uh, yeah, I just I, I I really enjoyed her. Um, you know, and uh, yeah, that was that was probably my favorite part of that series. That series had a lot going for it. Uh, the interplay between Vader and Obi Wan, uh, you know, and Reva, you know, and everything like it had it had a lot going for it. But she was my favorite part of that. So yeah, and Lola and Lo- and Lola exactly yeah. yes yeah. yeah Lola once again more droids that'll make you cry every time you see yes. them on screen. You know? oh. <clears throat> um, yeah. Okay, uh, I, we're gonna do this really really quick because we got one more thing we want to talk about after this. But uh, I just want to do a one clean sweep. Okay. Something we didn't talk about tonight that you want to talk about in 2022. Um, so, Al, we'll start with you. Just whatever you want. Uh, just something we didn't talk about. Uh, whatever you want to talk about, man. Sweet. Um, yeah, I've got one ready. Um, so, in 2022, there was a survival horror game 
um, an indie game that came out. Um, um, it was it was called Signalis, S I G N A L I S. It was made by an originally um, indie team from Germany, um, I believe. But um, uh, that game is great. Um, unfortunately, it is only on Steam. I really hope this year it gets ported to uh, like PlayStation and Xbox and Switch and stuff like that because I really want um, a whole lot of other people to play it because it is so well made. Um, if you like survival horror games, um, if you like kind of old school kind of retro graphics, if you enjoy like very like screwy weird kind of um heady story and plot um uh, within the horror context um I was thinking all this is just really great uh, for all of those things um so here's hoping that it gets um ported to all the other consoles because i really hope that game does well because we need a lot more of those um in the industry so that's my thing Okay. Uh, I yeah. I I do hope that, that it gets ported over. Um, you know, Al, you uh, you once told me about a little game named uh, Hades, yeah. and then I put two hundred and seventy hours into <laughs> Hades. Um, so you know, um, you know, so maybe I don't hope it gets ported over because every time you tell me about a game, I end up like just devouring it whole. Yeah, um, good. But yeah, there you go. Um, Alyssa, what would you like to talk about? Anything you want? Um, Ted Lasso. Okay, yeah, go for it. <laughs> I don't remember if you all have actually started watching it or not. I believe season two of it came out in 2022, and that is when I discovered the show. But, wow, it's got everything. It's it's a very, very good show. We are getting season three in just about a month, and I cannot wait um it's funny it's sad it deals with like messy breakups it deals with um dealing with trauma it deals with alcoholism it deals with betrayal and all of it is at on like the backdrop of just like the funniest show i think i've ever seen it is so so good yeah. Uh, yeah, I've I've heard nothing but good things about it. I need to climb into it. Um, the the honest, I mean, the thing is, Alyssa, is that you know I have all of the streaming services, but I've just decided like Apple's just one too many. You know that that extra six ninety nine is just you know it's just way too much. I don't know why we haven't got Apple TV. Neither do I. It has Fraggle Rock for goodness sakes. You Ooh. know I love Fraggle Rock. You do, do love Fraggle Rock. Oh, Jenny has it. Okay. Did and I keep... gave you the login. Did you keep it? Yeah. Oh. Okay. Well, ne- never mind. We uh, need to watch that. Oh. <laughs> okay. All right. Anyway. They have no excuse. Anyway. I haven't started it yet either, though. Okay. Uh, anyway, uh, Jake, what would you want to talk about? Uh, yeah. So, so I'm kind of weird. All right. We know. Uh, yes. Ex- <laughs> yes. Thank you. Um, I, I love music. I really do. However, when it comes to concerts, a lot of times there will be moments during a concert where I'll be like, 
God, I kind of wish I was just at home. There's a lot of people here. I've been standing a long time. Like, the music's really good, but I'm just not really feeling it. Um, this year, we went to a, to see a little band called The 1975, and it is hands down the best concert I've ever been to. Um, it, it, I think it was three and a half hours. It did not feel like it. Yeah. Um, the opening act was a, was a gentleman by the name of Milo and he was great. Um, everything about the performance of the 1975 was fantastic. Whether it was the, some would call it weird performance art stuff, which yeah, but I mean, still it worked really well with all the songs and everything they were trying to do. Um, but even just beyond that, whenever that kind of gets pushed to the side and it just becomes a concert where it's just them just playing some of their greatest hits. I mean, it was just everything about it was perfect. The crowd was great. We all had a good time. There wasn't really a bad like spot in the house. Like everyone could see pretty well. Um, it's just just a really, really just great concert. Um, and yeah, that was that was something that I hadn't. I haven't really been to a concert in a long time, actually, like a like a legitimate like concert. Now that I think about it, so so yeah, that was that was a fun thing I did in twenty twenty two. Oddly and... enough, the last one might have been Fall Out Boy. Oh was goodness, was for it? Him. I don't know. Yeah, probably because I, I mean, besides like seeing like like a group at like a bar or something like that, right, you know, right. um, or like or like a local thing or something like that. But but yeah, like for an actual like going out of town. Going to a concert, you know, yeah, that was the first one I'd done in a couple of years, and it was it was great. So yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty fantastic. Um, I will. I just want real quick aside again uh, because the only issue I had with this concert had nothing to do with the 1975. But I am begging you that if you go to a concert, do not shout out uh, suggestions for what the band needs to play. <laughs> I am just I am just begging with my whole heart, it's true. especially when. Within three songs, you're like, oh, they're going to play the whole new album. Yeah, the uh, entire in album. order. So yeah. like, you know, you should <laughs> you should have a clue as to what's going on here that they're not going to interrupt, you know, their performance that they set up the stage for. Yeah, uh, that they've done the lights and like have televisions and things like going off just so you can hear the song you need to hear. But even if no, stop shouting out suggestions. Um, I'm just going to let y'all know as someone who's been in bands that stuff like that is set up way ahead of time. You know, they didn't, they don't get on stage like 20 minutes before and go like, I think I'm going to play two time today. Mm -hmm. No, they're like, Hey, we're going to set up all of our instruments so that they are ready for two time. Uh, so that the, uh, effects and the pianos and the drums are tuned the right way for that certain song. And they do not have time to tune all their instruments back to whatever song you want them to play. So especially please. a band like 1975, where you have like so many instruments. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. But just uh, don't do it in general. Yeah. But. Just just don't. I I don't care if it's a guy with just one guitar. Yeah. You know, like you know, if it, if it's a dude, you're sitting at a bar and he just got one guitar. You know, um, do do not shout out suggestions. Don't just don't say do it. Freebird. Don't don't. And yeah, that's not funny anymore. <laughs> That's not funny anymore. It Unless they ask for a request. No, they, even then. Oh, no? Oh, no, 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 no. no. Excuse me, excuse me. Never do free bird. Yeah, no, <laughs> never do free bird. Yeah. But but if they ask for a request, then, then you can say, That's like, fine, certain songs. But, but not free but, bird. But they're not going to, and so don't. Mm, true. Yeah, don't. Well, yeah. 1975 definitely won't. They, they're definitely not yeah, going no. to. So just, just don't do that. Don't be that person. 
You know, I swear that guy was just like, he sounded like he was just right. Like, he sounded yeah. like he was right on top he of my head. He only came to hear Settle Down. That was yes. the only reason. Was it, was it, yeah, Settle Down, down. that's yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. That was the only, he, he doesn't know any yeah. other song. Every, like after every was... song, Maddie, Settle Down. Settle which down. also is great because it sounds like he's telling Maddie, just, hey, calm just, down. Just calm Maddie. down, dude. Yeah. Maddie, you're putting too much yeah. energy into the set. You know, calm down. Yeah. You know? And if you're yeah. listening to this podcast, sorry, dude, but like, expand your 1975 Yeah. Knowledge. Yeah. They're great. If you're listening to this podcast, I hope you've learned something about, <laughs> about, you know, about etiquette at a, at a concert. Um, so, yeah. But anyway. Okay. Um, Jenny, what do you want to talk about? Um, I mean, yeah, 1975 in general uh, is kind of just, you know, that, that like, just perfect band that I love so much. Um, but, no, what do I want to talk about? Um I don't know. I'm excited this year. Well, hold on. We're just talking about 2022, right? 2022. Sorry. Um, music in general, I feel like, was really great. Uh, again, 1975, if I haven't mentioned that already, um, and several other podcasts, too, probably. Mm-hmm. I feel like if I was on a podcast in 2022, I talked about the 1975. Mm-hmm. It's very possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, um, if you haven't, which I'm sure you have, listened to SZA's new album, um probably not our audience uh it's probably not their vibe uh it's kind of dark r&b what <laughs> no I, I, I hope that venn diagram just really settles, settles right in between you know um but no like that that is a really great album it's like uh i guess that's a little dark uh but it's really good highly recommend um and it's got it's one of those albums i think he's got like 20 songs on it and there's like, I mean, I, I like every single one of them, um, which is rare. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, that's what I want to talk about. 2022's music was good. And I'm, for some reason, I'm blanking on everything. Well, Noah Khan, obviously. Um, but I'm blanking on... Harry's House. Oh, my God. Yeah, Harry's House was freaking... Oh, Harry's House came out this year. Yes. Harry's House was mwah, so good. Oh, my God. Kendrick Lamar's album? Yeah, Kendrick yeah. decided to do a follow his problems on yeah. the album. Yes. Yeah. Yes. No, like it was just a phenomenal year for music. And yeah. Um, Harry's, yeah, Harry's House, I listened to. So uh, the cafe I work at, um, we couldn't get our uh, Spotify to play anything but Harry Styles for some reason. Like it would, every mm. time we would switch from Harry Styles radio, it would actually freeze. So I got really familiar with. Harry Styles' entire catalog, um, and a couple of my coworkers were pretty sick of it at the time. And I mean, I, I got a little like I was like, let's let's look it up. But um, anyway, I, I say all that to say, like it it's good music. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know it well. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I've, there's a lot of things I'd like to talk about. You know, um, it's it's weird. 2022 goes by. We haven't mentioned Elden Ring. We haven't mentioned Sifu. Sifu was fantastic. Mm. Um, you know, I, there was part of me that wanted to just talk about Thor and God of War um, because it's one of my favorite mm. representations of the character ever. Oh. Um, yeah. But I'm going to end. I'm just going to end. I'm going to talk about this. So it won't be a shock to anybody. But Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge is probably my favorite game of the year. Uh, that includes Elden Ring and God of War. And it is just so fun, guys. And and I'm going to, I'm just going to, Every, next time we're on the I'm just going to hand y'all switches and make you play it. Mm. <coughs> we're all dying because we live next to Ohio, the Ohio River, so forgive us. Yeah, sorry. Um, but, um, but yeah, it was a fantastic, 
No, fantastic game. Uh, just a classic beat em up with a great, fantastic, uh, <coughs> with great, fantastic uh, uh, soundtrack with it. Rayquan's on the soundtrack at one point. Uh, oh, hell yeah. Rapping about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So, yeah. Uh, fantastic all the way around. All right. I, I do want to end here. Here's, here's where we're going to end, guys. Um, Guinea already kind of did it. Um, looking forward to 2023. Something you're hopeful about. Story, game coming out, movie coming out, whatever. What are you What are you looking forward to in 2023? Jake, we'll start with you. Ooh, um, let's see. There's a lot. Um, I'll tell you what. One that is a that is a weird one because it is the first time that I've ever really looked forward to a game in this series as opposed to just like hearing about it coming out and then all of a sudden being like, oh, yeah, I need to play that. Um, Final Fantasy 16 looks incredible. Really? Um, yeah, that's my that's my top one just right just right now because because everything else you said really hopeful for everything else I'm pretty like I know is going to be good like Spider Spider Man Two it's going to be good I you know, know I because the first two that they've done were fantastic um, but yeah so so for Final Fantasy 16 just everything about it looks good. Um, the storyline seems interesting, and it it looks like they're going to be doing giant kaiju battles of summons, and that just, I mean, I, I don't I don't know what what more anyone would want from a game than to be like I'm going to play as a skyscraper version of Bahamut, and uh, yeah, that's just it's just it's great. It yeah, just looks I'm, fantastic. I'm, uh... I'm always down for guy kaiju battles, you know. Mm-hmm. That actually comes from Final Fantasy X, though. You do realize it, right? They were the first one of the the little kaiju. I did not. Yeah. Okay. When you do well, the summons, that person, the summon takes over for your entire party, and you fight as that summon. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, so sure. you can fight as Ifrit. I need. I need to play Shiva. ten. I need to. I'm. 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 Ten's great. I'm going through this. I'm trying to go through, like the series from like seven on. I'm, try, I'm trying to go go through those right now. I'm I'm on I'm on nine right now. So, yeah. It blows my mind that there are sixteen of those. Yeah, it's got to be a record. There's, 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 way more, there's way more than sixteen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's my pick for just one thing. I'm just I'm just really looking forward to you know and yeah. All right, uh, Al. Something you're hopeful for. Oh boy. So um. I will take this opportunity to talk about my weird Japanese interest, random things that I'm into. Um, actually, it comes out in like, at the time of this recording, it comes out in like three days. Uh, there's a video game um, coming out. It's a remake of um, an older game. It's um, called Like a Dragon Ishin. It's um, basically um, if the Akuza games um, were t- taking place in eight stage feudal Japan. Um, you play as like um, Samurai. Um, the co- combat system is very similar to like all of the Yakuza games. It's very active. There's a bunch of special moves. There are uh, different 
all that stances that you can transition into throughout fights. Um, on the sense of humor that um, the like a dragon and Yakuza games have become known for is there. Um, it just looks really good. It looks like it's going to be a lot of fun, and I just hope the remake is able to um, launch without a hitch because those games are a blast, and I really hope it sells well because I would kill for um, just an explosion of that franchise here in the West, um, even more than it already has begun to. So that's mine. Yeah, so I'm annoyed about that game, and let me tell you why. The, the reason I'm annoyed by that game is that I found out about that game literally yesterday. Literally yesterday, and I, I'm on gaming websites every single day, and I had not heard of that game. I didn't know anything about that game, and I found out about it yesterday. And, yeah, it's coming out in three days. It was in the state of play. Where? In which state? The Nintendo Switch state of play? Well, Nintendo Nintendo Switch has a Nintendo oh, Direct. Gosh, I wish I it doesn't that. have a state of play. Oh, no. So, uh, uh-oh. That's, 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 that's a, that's a Gotthars to blunder, ladies and gentlemen. State, which state of play? <laughs> um, no, back during... Um, Al, was it like October, November or so? Um, it was, was around that time, yeah, because it showed up there and then Sega had its own conference as well that um, it showed up in as well. So, like, I know they came out around the same time, and I think the Sega show was in, like, November, I want to say. There, there was a point where they just started showing, like, a bunch of what I will call Al Maddenly games. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, yeah, and that's and that was one of them. <laughs> yeah, okay. it was awesome. Well, yes, I agree. It looks amazing, and uh, definitely something I'll be uh, I'll be keeping an eye on. Uh, yeah, so that one that one does look really good. Um, Alyssa, something that you're hopeful for? I have two. Um, I am very excited for the month of March. Um, no one will be able to get a hold of me from like March 2nd until the end of the month because we are getting Ted Lasso season three. We are getting um, Shadow and Bone season two, Mm -hmm. which is like another one of my like super fun trash TV things that I personally love. Um, if you haven't read the Six of Crows book, highly recommend that. But this is in the same universe. Um, shoot, what's the third show? Mandalorian. Oh, yes. And the Mandalorian. Um, all coming out within like two weeks of each other. So that's going to be great. Um, that is going to be a very entertaining month for Alyssa. And then also the other big thing that I'm super excited for and looking forward to is we are going to a Noah Khan concert in June. Managed to snag those tickets. Thank you, Ticketmaster Verified Fan Presale. <laughs> there you go. Nice. So yeah. You know he's uh yeah I, I'm I'm glad you got those tickets. Uh, that'll be a fantastic show. I've seen uh, some clips of his shows. Look, they look very energetic for. The type of music he plays, actually. Yeah, we were supposed to actually be going um, in February. We were going to go a couple weeks ago and had something come up and we couldn't go. So I actually ended up giving the tickets to my brother and he brought his girlfriend and he sent me clips from that show. And I was like, man, I'm glad you were able to experience this, but I'm very upset that I can't. Fair. <laughs> So I think that's totally fair, though. That's fair. 
So I'm very excited to be able to go in June. All all good things to be excited about. Uh, Jenny, what kind of hopes you got? Um, I am hopeful Rihanna drops an album this year. Oh. Um, <laughs> that'd be great. Uh, everybody's predicting it. He said he wants to, but he says stuff uh, like that all the time. Everybody just so, got really sad except for Jenny. Because like, okay, Jenny. <laughs> she's going to drop the album. She's going to drop it. It's going to happen. Um, yeah, so I'm hopeful for that. Uh, I would say I'm hopeful for um, Legend of Zelda, uh, but I'm honestly just excited for it because I already know it's going to be good. <clears throat> yeah. Um, you know, that franchise doesn't miss, in my opinion. Um, I might be biased. I don't know, but... I don't think it misses. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And well, and then my little fandom of the challenge, um, the camp, the world championship, the first mm-hmm. ever. I'm really excited about. Um, that's gonna be really. I cool. really thought like you picked Connie Bananas as your villain or something, but you know. You he know. hasn't been a villain recently. Like he's been annoying, but he's not really okay. a villain. All right. Okay. Okay. I mean, do you think? I don't. I just feel like he's always a villain. I'm just, I was just, you know. I don't know. I feel like in 2022, he's just been kind of okay, annoying. Right. He's just been like the annoying brat kid. Fessy was the villain of this yeah. season. Fessy's. But yeah. Fessy is always the villain. Yeah, but he's fair. not even a good villain. He's just lame. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the world championship's gonna be cool as fuck. Like, I, sorry. Uh, no, but we're good. No, you're good. It's gonna be really neat. Um, yes. just because like they've <laughs> taken the best. <laughs> no. No, we, listen, listen, we know that when we put, when it says Admin Raven on the podcast, you know, you put that little explicit right next to it, you know. First of all, we've, this is, we've been two hours in and that was the first. Yeah, you're right. But anyway, um, but no, it's like they're taking challengers from uh, different, like all over the world and they're testing to see who the best challenger is. And it's cool because they've got some from, uh, like uh, Jody's on there, so she's like what, like a twenty-year veteran, right? Yeah. And uh, well, I guess Johnny is at this point. Johnny Wes, is, yeah. um, and Jordan. Jordan's not twenty years though. He's probably he's close. He's about a decade maybe. Yeah. Um. So yeah, some so real. Is, that's Tori and Cam on the. Yeah, yeah, but I mean they're pretty new though, yeah. like and, and relatively speaking. Um. So yeah, um, I think it's gonna be really cool to see play out. I'm excited for it. So I've got a, I, I'm obviously extremely excited for the challenge. Um, you know, I, I do think, uh, you know, we should we should hunker down and do the challenge podcast. I know because like nobody knows what we're nobody talking knows about what right we're talking now. About, yeah. And um, but you know, it's just yes, I do want to do the podcast, but it's so deep. Like all those storylines, all those like <laughs> it is so the, deep. It, it is. is very, it's so, there's like all this challenge it is, lore. It that, is like, utterly hilarious how deep it is. Actually, yeah, for it so, being a reality show, for it being a reality show about people doing, uh, how what does Fessy say? Uh, Kind of athletic and good at stupid stuff. Yeah, but that's yeah. so it's kind of like wrestling in that sense. I guess. Oh, I'd say yeah. wrestling's very athletic, but yes. Yes. Sure. Yeah. Um, although wrestling, so wrestling has actual writers, and while it's been rumored that the challenge does, I don't feel like they do. Some of that stuff, I don't think you can. Write. I don't think you can. It's supposedly, yeah. you know, I, I don't know. It's hard to say. I just think I, I, I'm one of the things I am hopeful for is is more podcasts. Uh, this year, um, you know, and from all of us, from yeah. all of us, because I know we're all extremely busy. 
but we have a really good time doing this, uh, yelling into the void, so to speak. Sure. Uh, although we had we had a really we had a good twenty twenty two though, right? We, had, we did. We had more listeners. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that was one thing. Like I didn't really want to like harp on the stuff that we did so much, but yeah, guys. Like I'm not trying to I'm trying to be the kind of person, but I became a Twitch affiliate. That was pretty awesome. Um, we've had really good returns on that. The podcast has had really good, um, really good growth. Um, apparently, um, Belgium, apparently Belgium. Yeah. We we got, we got like four or five people in Belgium that are, that are just like, dude, the fan correspondent. Belgium? You know, I love your waffles. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Dude. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that was, that was pretty cool to see. Um, and Spotify wrapped of the uh, the different things that we we were able to do, and you you can you can check that out on on my on the Instagram. I posted our results and everything. And are they as great as some other people? No, but they are enough that I I was very happy, and we are all very happy. And we and guys, let, let me go ahead and just go ahead and put this out there. Especially if you listen, if you just listen to a two hour and seven minute podcast and still going, um, your support means literally the world to us because we, we could not do this without you guys. Um, you couldn't buy the medication for our tuberculosis without you Yeah, guys. exactly. Exactly. Yes. As I am losing my voice um, from coughing, please excuse me. <coughs> there we go. Um, because the weather change is wonderful in the state of Kentucky. Um but yeah, we uh, we thank you all so very very much for your continued support over this past year and the past few years of the fan correspondence. And we do have a lot of things planned for twenty twenty three um, that are going to be a lot of fun. And and I'm very hopeful, like you said, for more podcast and for uh, maybe some more videos. Oh, oh maybe. I'm glad you said all that. But it's gonna feel really weird because, like, I just kind of said that as a side, but I still didn't tell the, what I was hopeful for. Oh, so now I'm getting, okay. so now I've got to talk. Please, about, now yes. I've got to talk about Microsoft and like. <laughs> oh, you were just like, okay, Thank sure, you guys, and then like it's a perfect segue <laughs> into how to end it. Yeah, you know, my bad. Okay, you know, just, well, all right, let's yeah. well let's hear what's Microsoft I'm, I'm, up. I'm, I'm, about stupid boo. What's Microsoft I'm really, up to? Uh, I'm really hopeful going into 2022 that Jake doesn't hijack more podcasts like he just did there. You know, shut like, up. Yeah. But uh, but uh, but uh, I, I'll say this really quick uh, because there's been a lot of talk about Microsoft and uh, Microsoft has yet to really put out a game for their for their new Xbox uh, that has really been successful. Uh, even Halo was kind of not as successful as they had wanted. Um, so I'm really hopeful for Starfield. And you know there was a lot. Of, I, here's the thing, you know, in a perfect world, you know, like I would be able to play Bethesda games on my P5. You know, I was upset about that. But in the honest Honest truth, if you look at the history of video games, competition breeds genius when it comes to video games. You know, you do not have Sonic Hedgehog, you know, if you don't have Mario 3. You know, you do not have uh, Mortal Kombat if you don't have Street Fighter. You know, and competition is very good. It's not a it's not a good thing to have a monopoly. And I realize it's hilarious I'm being, saying I'm hopeful for Microsoft when it looks like they're trying to build a monopoly. But... It will be interesting. It, it it would be a good thing for the Xbox to have some good games, to have competition, uh, and to fuel and to fuel competition. Because the best the best years of gaming, if you look at when people do their hundred greatest games of all time, they all come in that like nice little PlayStation, Nintendo sixty four, PlayStation two, Xbox, GameCube 
era, you know, a vast majority of them come from that. That was a really interesting time for video games where people were making real leaps forward. Um, and so I'm hoping for another one of those golden eras. Um, but yeah, to piggyback on what Jake said, um, you know, uh, a lot, hopefully more podcasts, more videos, mm-hmm. some fantastic stuff. Obviously, later in the year, you can look forward to Horror Fest and Christmas Fest again. Of course. Uh, we should probably try to come up with another fest, you know, before then. Um, but you know, but let, let's just see what happens, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you all got your Star Wars stuff going on. Of course. You know, um, so we, we, we've, got, we've got some fun stuff coming up, guys. Stay with us, uh, you know, and uh, as always, remember, the Phantom is for everyone. Is that right? Phantom is for everyone, okay, yes. Okay, good. Okay, I just want to make sure. Two. Yeah. Two, two years in, you finally nailed the motto. Yeah, <laughs> I finally nailed it two years in. I'm, I'm proud of myself on that one. Uh, but yes, Phantom is for everyone. Um, and uh, go out and find find something, uh, you know, you, you like and really dig into it. And uh, give us suggestions on uh, what you want to hear about. Um, anything else you might want to say? Yay, people. Thank you, everybody, for hanging out. We appreciate it. Yes. Love all of our listeners. And you all have a, uh, have a fantastic uh, day or night, wherever you're at. Bye, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving that one in. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely leave it in.